today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. Forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, pressing on. He says, verse 14, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God, listen, has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. I have a call on my life. I've been called. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of 2 Thessalonians. Sometimes guilt can come up from things that happened a long time ago. In today's message, Pastor J.D. will encourage you to let God forgive you. We can get wrapped up in our failures and shortcomings. We don't want to leave the past in the past. But no matter the sin, if you come with a repentant heart, all is forgiven. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor J.D. in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. I'm with you always. I will always protect you. I will always, here's one, I will always provide for you. You know, when I make a statement like that now, today, after everything that's happened, I am keenly aware of the numbers of people that are no longer employed. And they're looking at this thing like, I don't know how I'm going to make the payments. I don't know how I'm going to survive. How am I going to get through this? No, 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 no. Wait. God loves you. You belong to Him. His children never beg bread. He will always provide for you. That is a promise, and it's not a conditional promise, by the way. My children, because they're my children, are entitled. Ah, it's a terrible word. I should have never used that. They are, because they are my children, they're going to be the beneficiary because of my being their father. I should have never used that word entitled. That's a big word in our home, by the way. You're so entitled. They are actually, but that's another sermon for another time. <laughs> you know, I guess you could say it that way. As a child of God, as God's people, we have this promise. We are entitled in that respect. And he will always, he, I know this isn't proper English, don't email me. I get enough emails as it is. But he can't not. I know it's a double negative. He can't not. It's inconsistent with who he is, his nature, his character, and because of his love. And that's what Paul is saying to them. He, keep in mind, he's trying to encourage them. <laughs> and, he, and he's saying to them, and it's replete throughout the passage that we just read that's before us today, repeatedly, the love that God has for you, the love that God has for you, the love that God has for you. Here's the second one. It's in verse 14, and it's because God called you. Now, I realize that when you talk about God's call on our lives, it might 
seem at first to be a firm grasp of the obvious, but what in the world was that? Yes, Lord, speak. Your servant. <laughs> Something just fall? Okay. Wow. Being called actually has a profound meaning. And I, I know this might sound like or seem like an oversimplification, but by way of illustration, it's like God calling you. Think of it this way. You know, somebody important calls you. You're like, wow, you know who called me? No, who? So-and-so, whoa. Well, then I come along and I say, well, that's nothing. You know who called me? God. <laughs> Take that. I know that's, a, again, uh, by way of an illustration. He's called you. He's called you. And then you answer the call, and it's an invitation. What's the invitation? Oh, it's to share in the eternal glory of Jesus Christ. That's a call I want to take. That's a call I want. I want. I can't use that illustration either. Now it's still the, the cell phone. That's a, that's a call that I'm going to answer. And I'm going to RSVP. In other words, we were chosen to be amongst those who would receive this call from God. And we RSVP, as it were, in our response. And that changes everything. Listen to what Paul said to the church in Philippi, Philippians chapter 3, verses 13 and 14. He says, brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, pressing on. He says, verse 14, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God, listen, has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. I have a call on my life. I've been called. And that's <laughs> what I've been called for. That's what the call is about. It's the call from God heavenward. Let me say it this way. When you know that you have heaven to look forward to, it makes whatever you're going through easier to get through. That's what Paul's saying. And when he, when he writes to the Philippians, what he's saying is, <laughs> in fact, this is the secret, by the way, to forgetting the past. Sometimes, man, the enemy's constantly, you know, popping the popcorn and live streaming the, the video of our past. Look at that. <gasps> Forget that which is behind. Forget the past. How, how am I going to press on? By forgetting the past. How am I going to forget the past? By pressing on. Looking ahead. <laughs> 
Looking ahead to what? To the eternal glory that awaits in Christ Jesus. The eternal glory in Jesus Christ. I think of Isaiah. He says, happy is he whose mind is stayed on thee. I love that verse. It rhymes too. Someone should write a song about that. Some of the best songs are scripture basically. In other words, what he's saying is, show me a person who is full of joy, who is happy, who is fulfilled in life, and I'll show you somebody (laughs) that's looking their eyes on him. Not on what's happening around in the world. You know, many years ago when we lived on the mainland, we used to drive to Cannon Beach, Oregon. And uh, we'd stay there at a, a Christian conference center. This is many years ago. This is BC, not before Christ, before children, when we could. <laughs> and uh, we would just, you know, drive down there from Spokane, Washington, uh, and nice drive, and we would stay there on the beach. And there is uh, this famous haystack rock. It's this majestic rock. And depending on the tide, it's there, I mean, just kind of getting ahead of myself here, but it's just right there. And you you sit there on the beach, and you look at that rock, and I mean, the waves are crashing in on it. And, you know, there's turmoil all around it. And yet, if you look closer, you'll see these birds, and they're just singing to their Creator oblivious to the crashing waves below. Why? Because they're looking on Him. And that's really our third one. And it's in verse 15, and it's that God steadies you. Here, Paul is saying that what he's written up to this point are the compelling reasons why we should never be shaken Never be moved, no matter what's happening. How? We can stand firm and hold fast. I mean, you know how how you can't see me behind the pulpit. By the way, online, I need to clear something up. I am six feet tall and shrinking. You know, you're much taller in person. I'm like, really? And then I, I realized that the pulpit, first of all, we changed the camera angle. I'll do anything I can to, you know, those guys back there have treasures in heaven. They make, make me look better than I deserve. But it's a kind of a tall, anyway, I'm not short. Everybody thinks I'm, I'm short. Now, I, that, that was really, I'm actually going somewhere with that. So if I stand like, <laughs> if I go like this, I'm still six feet tall and shrinking, I want you to know. But I'm standing firm. I'm saying, you know, if, I, if I'm standing like this, well, he could just poof, knock me over. I'm not standing firm. I've got my feet firmly planted, and I'm standing. I dare you. <laughs> Make my day. <laughs> Try because I'm standing firm. You can't, you can't move me because I'm standing firm, and I'm holding fast. Well, what are you standing firm on and holding fast to? Oh, the Word of God and the God of the Word. And you can't, you can't move me because I am rock solid. 
I'm on that rock. I don't care what the waves are doing. I don't care how hard they're crashing because I'm on the rock. There's a parable in Matthew 7 that Jesus teaches. Very interesting parable. You know it as the, the builders, right? You have two builders. They had a lot in common apparently. They were both building their house at the same time. They must have got their permits at the same time. (laughs) I don't know why I went there. It took us a year to get the permit on this building. But anyway, so they got their permits, and they're both building at the same time. And it appears that they also both went to the same church. Because both had heard the words of Jesus Christ. But that's where the similarities stop. So you've got two builders. They're both building, but the difference between them is that one built on the sand and one built on the rock so that when, not if, the storm hit, the one on the sand came crashing down, and what a crash it was. But not the one who built on the rock. Well, what was the difference between the one who built on the rock and the one who built on the sand? Jesus answers that question. The one who built on the rock put into practice the words of Jesus. They both heard them, but just hearing is not enough. James says you can be a hearer of God's Word, but not a doer of God's Word. The one who did not come crashing down when, not if, the storm hit, was the one who put the Word into practice, was a doer of the Word. He heard it, but he also did it, applied it, lived it. And that was the difference. That's how we hold fast and stand firm on the rock, the rock-solid foundation, which is the Word of God. Here's the thing. Uh, I want want to say this as lovingly. I hope you know my heart. I don't don't mean to beat up on anybody. I'll beat up on myself. Okay, I'll use myself as, as an example. You know, when I am the weakest and the most vulnerable is when I've gone a period of time without being in the Word of God. Man, I'm, just, I'm a sitting duck with a capital sitting and a capital duck <laughs> for the enemy. And the enemy knows it too, because he's roaring around. He's, he's very patiently stalking us waiting for that optimum time to attack. You've, you've probably heard it. It's, it's a cute, clever quip and cliche, but one week without prayer makes one week. I'll give you a moment on that. One week, seven days without prayer, or the Word makes one week. W-E-A-K. Tell me you got that, because that's as good as it's going to (laughs) get. How does faith come? It comes by hearing, 
and hearing the Word of God and putting the Word of God into practice and doing the Word of God. James says, if you just hear the Word of God, you're like this guy that looks in the mirror, the perfect mirror of God's Word, God's law, which shows us us. That's <laughs> I look through here. <laughs> You know, it's like you're looking in the mirror and go, oh, wow, you, I'm seeing me as God sees me, and it ain't pretty. So I'm looking at myself in the mirror, and what do I do in the morning when I look at myself in the mirror? Well, first of all, I, I, I say, Lord, come quickly, because, <laughs> oh my goodness, my son took a picture, he got, you know, on his phone and of me, and he showed it to me, and I was like, no, God, don't let me so wow, Lord Jesus, come. Quickly, please. So anyway, so when I look at myself in the mirror, I say, okay, I need to to do something about this. (laughs) You know, you ladies, you, you, you can put makeup on. We can't do that. So, but hair needs to be dealt with, you know. And, you know, as you get older, I'm not going to get graphic, but, you know, it's not fair. Hair grows where it shouldn't, and it doesn't grow where it used to. I mean, it's what's up with that? Anyway, so you're looking at yourself in the mirror, and, 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 and you're saying, I need to do something about that hair there. <laughs> I need to brush those teeth. I need to shave that ugly mug. I need to do something about what I'm seeing. That's what James is saying. If you're just a hearer of the word, you're going you're gonna to hear the word, and then you're like the guy that looks in the mirror and then walks away and does nothing. By the way, thank you so much for what you did this morning uh, before you came here after you looked in the mirror. You look marvelous, all of you. <laughs> That's the point. Acts chapter 20, verses 22 through 24. I love this so much. If you're anything like me, and I suspect that you are, you've really gotten to know the Apostle Paul. We actually studied through the book of Acts many years ago, and I think we spent almost two years in the book of Acts, verse by verse. But there's this one chapter, chapter 20. I want to read verses 22 through 24. So here's the backstory. Paul has been warned, actually prophesied, that he's, you know, when he goes to Jerusalem, he's going to be arrested, incarcerated, put in prison. And Paul's like, hey, it is what it is. So listen to what he says. And see, now I go bound in the Spirit to Jerusalem, not knowing the things that will happen to me there, except that the Holy Spirit testifies in every city, saying that chains and tribulations await me. But, verse 24, and I have this underlined, none of these things move me. I'm not shaken. I'm not moved. I'm not phased. Wow, Paul, what's your secret? Oh, so glad you asked. It's because I do not count my life dear to myself. See, when you've lost your life in this world, nothing's going to move you. If you're holding on too tightly, 
to this world and the things of this world, then you're going to be impacted in a profound way by everything that happens. You're going to be shaken easily. But if you've disenfranchised yourself, disconnected yourself, died to yourself and the things of this world, then whatever happens in the world, it doesn't move you. He says, so that I may finish my race with joy and the ministry which I receive from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. Just sum this up, paraphrase what Paul is saying here. Bring it on. That's what he's saying. Bring it on. I've already died to myself. I've already lost my life in this world. I don't count my life worth anything. It's not dear to me. The only thing that's dear to me is the call that God has on me and the testimony of the gospel of the grace of God. This is this last one in verses 16 and 17. And it's that God encourages us. You know, I one of the things that... <laughs> Man, I could do a whole sermon on just encouragement. And you know that I can. (laughs) Um, This is a biggie. Because we, and and I know I don't just speak for myself, we can easily become discouraged. Would you agree? Especially in these times in which we're living, it's just so easy to become discouraged. And the danger is, is when that discouragement gives way to despair. I love what Oswald Chambers once said. He said, God never faults a man for despair. You know, even the Apostle Paul, we're told, despaired of life. He just came to the place in his life where he's just like, you know. And throughout Scripture, he's in good company. Men and even women, mightily used of God in Scripture, despaired of life. I mean, they just came. I think about Job. My goodness, if there was ever a man that had every reason (laughs) to despair of life. He even asked God to take his life. Elijah, same thing. After the contest with the false prophets of Baal there on Mount Carmel. And then after that, miraculous, amazing victory. Talk about being more than a conqueror. Then he hears that Jezebel has got a hit on him, a contract on his life, so he runs for his life, and he wants God to take his life. Thanks for joining us today for In Spirit and Truth. Pastor J.D. has been teaching through the New Testament book of 2 Thessalonians, a letter penned by the Apostle Paul to encourage a church was doing its best to stand for truth against false teaching. Is that something you face today too? It's possible there are many in this world that don't know the whole truth of the Bible and pick and choose what passages they like, even twisting words to fit their agenda. Don't let their lies confuse you. Take all that you hear back to the Bible itself. We hope today's teaching has inspired and encouraged you and that you're eager to continue learning from God's Word. We'd be honored to be praying for you during this study. Would you let us know how we can be doing that? 
You can connect with us by visiting our website, inspiritandtruthradio.com, and clicking on Contact under the About tab. We'll get in touch with you as soon as we can. You'll also find us on Facebook and Twitter. You're welcome to interact with us there. Pastor J.D.'s teachings are also available on YouTube. Links to all of these are available at our website. Are you part of a church? We want to encourage you to find and begin regularly attending a church in your area if you haven't already. If you're near Kaneohe, come visit us. You'll find all the information you need, including service times and directions to Calvary Chapel Kaneohe. All that and more can be found at InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com. That's all for today. Thanks for tuning in to In Spirit and Truth. With your will.